Plugged In podcast, where we will have honest, courageous, and fun conversations about how women are plugging into climate, energy, and sustainable solutions for the planet. I am your host, Megan Bennett, and on this podcast, I will be giving women who are doing the vital work of saving our planet a platform to share their stories, their ideas, and their dreams for a better future. And I hope these conversations will inspire us all to plug into our personal missions and expand what we think is possible for our families, our communities, our work, and ultimately our planet, starting today. Welcome to the Plugged In Podcast. On this episode of Plugged In, I speak to Erica Lontok, a former Bay Street banker who became a pioneer of low-income energy conservation programming in Ontario, and is an advocate for doing the hard work of collaboration and partnership building in this sector. Erica has worked at Enbridge Gas for over 10 years and is currently the manager of demand-side management partnerships there. So we talk about why partnerships matter in the work of energy conservation and particularly low-income programming. We talk about which strategic partnerships are most important for Enbridge to be building right now. And she also shares what technologies, resources, and strategies Enbridge is investigating as many of us in the sector work towards a low-carbon future for Canada. She brings a valuable perspective from the natural gas industry, and as always, she has a wealth of insights and wisdom. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you, Erica. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. You are always such a wealth of knowledge, and you're so well connected to what's happening in energy conservation. You know who is leading and what's happening and what to watch for. And I'm, I also think you're going to bring a unique perspective from working for a natural gas company like Enbridge. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Megan, for the opportunity. Always a pleasure to be, um, you know, talking with folks of same, um, same interests, of like minds. Um, not that we are staying away from awkward conversations of not speaking with folks of, of a different opinion, but it's always nice to, to be in a room of like minds and be able to take the conversation further, um, you know, in this common field of interest of ours, which is energy conservation. Amazing. So I totally agree. Um, so before we get into that and some of the hot energy topics, and mm -hmm. I want to hear what's on your mind right now, but before I wanted to get to know you a little bit more and introduce you to our listeners. Um, so if you could talk to us about how you found energy, what was your career path to working in energy conservation and your career path? To Enbridge. I'm curious. What's Erica Lontog's mm. path? Okay, my pre-Enbridge days. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I do have quite an interesting background, which I am, you know, um, I, I'm very happy to share with a lot of folks because I come from a non-traditional uh, utility background. I I started my career as um, as a banker. Uh, before Enbridge, I was in the field of investment banking. Um, my forte has been uh, doing um, writing up credits for big companies, trying to help them secure financing from banks. A part of it would be, you know, writing credits, but at the same time, matchmaking it with institutional lenders. So looking for teams of funders to um, finance a certain project for a company. So that, you know, leave that aside, I 
think um, there is always a learning um, as you continue to progress with your career. So that is my background, investment banking for large corporations, aircraft financing, um, doing um, you know, off-sheet, balance sheet uh, type of transactions for corporate credits. Investment banking is a very challenging um, career, I would say, especially at that time for a young mother. I did have to commute uh, you know, from, from one place to another, having long days, and made the decision that it wasn't quite um, the, the work environment that I wanted for myself as a young mother, and came across this opportunity then Consumers Gas, uh, through um, a former boss and a mentor of mine. At that time, um, Consumers Gas, now Enbridge, was in the process of deregulating. That means unbundling their services from their core uh, business of being uh, the distributor of natural gas and taking away the retail side. At the time, and Consumers Gas had a retail arm. It did have financing, um, a financing operation for natural gas equipment. I, I had the opportunity uh, to um, apply for the role and was successful in um, getting this role of transitioning um, the financing operation of then consumers gas to what we call a third party lending model. So looking for third party funders to fund natural gas equipment as opposed to using the balance sheet of um, Enbridge consumers gas at that time. Um, so, you know, after doing that for um, several months, I am fortunate to have been under uh, the mentorship of um, Marion Fraser, who was then leading energy efficiency, and I would say the mother of <laughs> energy efficiency. Uh, she was led leading market development and energy efficiency at Enbridge. Um, and one of the things, uh, one of the drivers for energy efficiency and tools for energy efficiency that Marion off the bat recognized was the need for energy financing. So it was a good marriage of um, my previous background in financing and using that to um, enable energy efficiency projects. Um, from there, um, you know, I got into programs. Um, financing sort of became on the side, um, got into um, program design and program management. I was, again, quite fortunate to have the challenges of having to develop um, niche, uh, niche programs. Low income is one of them. So I probably will safe to say that I started low-income programming in Ontario um, or in, even in Canada, low-income energy programming. Um, and I also started small business um, in, way back um, several years ago. Um, had the opportunity to move to energy conservation on the electricity side, joining the dream team at OPA joined them for a couple of years to start off um, low-income programs and some of their commercial programs and um, got reinvited back to, to Enbridge after two years and um, the rest is history. Amazing. So that's when we met. We met about four or five years ago. Uh, 
we were working on a small pilot project together, cold water wash challenge. Uh, and it was a program that was encouraging tenants in low income buildings, apartment buildings in Toronto to choose cold water instead of hot water. And yeah, you were leading that portfolio. And I'm curious about what was, did you, were you drawn to working in the low income segment of the business? How did that, how did you find yourself in that area in particular? Um, how did I find my, my, myself in that situation? At that time, there was, um, uh, there was, I guess, the emergence of the issue of energy affordability. Okay. And um, the low-income sector not having the opportunity to participate in programs simply because they did not have the financial means to do it. Um, but there was also that big opportunity of savings to be had because they had the more inefficient homes. Um, so I, I was, again, fortunate enough by draft luck uh, to have had the opportunity to have the exposure with the Low Income Energy Network right. and a few other nonprofits, um, given my background, and um, got myself immersed and I just was drawn to it and became very passionate about both the social purpose of doing it while at the same time achieving the goals of my employer, Enbridge, to reach its energy-saving targets. It was just a, a perfect way for me to, to um, do something I love while making money doing it. Perfect. So you are currently the Demand Side Management Partnership Manager. Did I get your title right? That's correct. Okay. For our listeners who might be just starting to learn about demand-side management, might be the first time that they're hearing about it, could you take us through, kind of briefly, elevator pitch, what is demand-side management and why is a company like Enbridge Gas, who's involved in selling gas, also interested in conserving it? I think some, some listeners might be curious about what that connection is. Can you give us a little background on that first? Sure. Um, as a company, one of the things that we believe in is that we want customers to use our product, but use it efficiently. Um, so that would be basically the foundation of our belief in supporting energy efficiency. Um, we are also, I would just say in air quotes, uh, we are mandated uh, to do energy efficiency by our regulator. Again, us taking it further um, by establishing programs and setting targets for ourselves uh, to reduce um, natural gas consumption of our customers. At this, you know, at the current time, apart obviously from the fact that you are uh, saving natural gas and you're saving um, dollars for, 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 for customers for reduced consumption of energy, there is also now that benefit of carbon reductions. So, you know, it's, it's a win all around, both from the customers, um, for the society at large, and um, Enbridge. The term demand-side management is probably more of a t technical term um, in the industry. Uh, the, you know, it's it's reducing basically the demand for um, the use of the fuel that we provide uh, to our customers, which is natural gas. At the end of the day, you know, the I guess the 
the, the street lingo for it would be energy efficiency and energy conservation. So tell me about partnerships. Why are partnerships important in this work? Partnerships, I guess, in, in anything that we do, whether it's at work or whether you know it's school, you know, school-related stuff for our children, and even in our own personal relationships, um, you know, we are we live in a very interdependent society. At the end of the day, it's uh, it's just that notion of Aristotle that the sum of the parts will be greater than the whole larger than the whole. Each party would have something to bring in a project um, that would make the project even better. So it's using partnerships and collaboration to make a, whether a better widget or a better service. Um, so basically that's translated to our work. We want to work with partners because we think that each party has um, a unique uh, value to bring uh, to the product or service that we are offering to our customers. What partnerships are most important for you to be developing right now at Enbridge? Um, I guess it would be, you know, we the kind of work that we do specifically in energy efficiency requires input um, from a broad range of stakeholder interests. So that would mean, you know, from, from customers that use our product to those parties that influence the use of products. So that can be municipalities, for instance, government, um, insofar as policy is concerned, um, government groups, non-government non groups, environmental groups, those would be the kind of partners that uh, we work with so that we are able to offer programs that's meaningful in the market, re uh, you know, responsive to what the, the market is looking for. Um, so we, we, we try to engage each stakeholder segment um, in the activities that we do for, for programming. Any partnerships that you're particularly proud of working on right now? Or kind of another question I have is kind of looking back on your career, whether it's in this role or another role, what are your, what are your big wins? Have they been building partnerships? Um, or when you look back on your career to date, what's, what stands out for you? Um, certainly my biggest win would have a big, would have partnerships and collaboration all over it. As I mentioned to you, you know, low-income programs has been, uh, you know, um, a defining uh, component in my career, and that would not be without the partnerships that we developed along the way. I mentioned to you, you know, a group called Low Income Energy Network, which is comprised of um, uh, low-income interest groups as well as um, environment groups that focus on both the energy affordability side of things and um, the financial benefits of, of energy efficiency and the, the non-energy benefits, you know, how it improves the quality of life of um, our low-income customers. 
Um, that partnership, we had the Low Income Energy Network partnership, um, and then bringing in the fold um, groups like United Way as being a partner in helping us identify the groups that actually need assistance from us as far as programming is concerned, looking for groups like Summerhill uh, to see how we can reach out through their expertise, engaging communities in partaking in this type of a programming. Um, so for me, um, that is a big win because we are up to now, we are able to provide uh, low-income programming. I think the gas utilities excel um, in providing those kinds of uh, programs and trying to evolve the program so that we can meet beyond the financial um, gains that can be had from serving the low-income market and from from the perspective of the customers, but also widening it so that there is equality in in access to the programs um, across society. What are some of the challenges? What what and 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 another question is: What are the skill sets that you think that you bring to the table in this work and are critical for that collaboration and and partnership development? Interesting question. Um, skill sets. Um, I think it's you know being able to identify the right partners. As I mentioned to you, this is where you know I said my early career was part of it was syndication, looking for the right partners who would be interested in a common customer. Um, same thing translated to my role now. It is looking for the right partners who see the potential of meeting their own objectives through a common initiative. Um, so for me, that is basically that being able to make do that matchmaking between objective and um, companies is one big thing. The other thing as well that I think is quite important is having the integrity um, and um, and you know being a trustworthy partner um, in in basically the team. I think that's um, a very important part at the end of the day, um, you know, we are in it together. Um, we do have our common interest, transparency, in terms of defining what our objective is in participating in the initiative is um, a valuable component to make sure that you have a successful collaborative project. Interesting times in Ontario right now. Mm -hmm. Lots of uncertainty, but what's going to happen going forward? I think all on the gas side, on the electric side, politically, um, lots of moving pieces. I am curious with all of this change in the marketplace, what are you watching for? What are the developments, whether it's in program design, technology, or partnerships, that you think are going to be the most influential to Enbridge over the next five years? Enbridge right now is evolving itself to an to become an energy utility, not just a natural gas. Natural gas is one of several fuels um, or energy forms that Enbridge can provide. I would say, you know, um, 
we are good in distributing uh, energy to customers, energy that they want, energy that they need. As a company, we are good in managing our assets, the infrastructure that's needed to distribute the energy that people want and need. Um, so for me, I think it, it would be interesting to see how we evolve ourselves uh, beyond being just gas distributors. Um, what what is in store for us in the next five years and my personal opinion of how I see, you know, the industry um, evolving. I think for us, our contribution to the evolution of um, the sector will be looking for low carbon technologies and taking it to a point where we can transform the market so that there is acceptance, you know, the five A's for, for market transformation. There's awareness and acceptance for these types of low carbon technologies beyond those that people know, you know, electricity, natural gas oil. There are other things that we can use. We, as a company, we have been very innovative in looking for um, low-carbon technologies um, beyond the, the kind of fuel that we provide to the market right now. Can you give us an example of what those would look like? So, for instance, renewable natural gas um, comes to mind very quickly. Um, so renewable ga natural gas is basically using waste product to um, to create um, a different form of, of gas. And this renewable gas can be injected to our um, natural gas system so that the customers can benefit from um, a gas that comes out of waste. Uh, so that's one thing that um, as a company we are leading. Um, we are looking for um, other ways uh, for us to be able to store energy, uh, for instance. Um, you know, energy storage is something that we are um, investigating. Um, geothermal uh, solutions uh, for homes and businesses is something that we are also investigating. Again, um, you know, um, getting to customers and a trustworthy um, a name for customers using the Enbridge brand is a good is a good start for us. So we're leveraging on that for us to be able to um, make ourselves, um, I guess, continue our relevance um, in the homes of our customers. Excellent. What advice would you have for someone who's interested in making a difference? for the climate, kind of coming from in a sustainability environment background, but may not see an opportunity or may not be thinking about a gas, a natural gas company like Enbridge as, as an actor in that space. Right. And you've talked a little, you've talked today about that right. activity already, but anything else you'd want to add? Well, there are, you know, lots of movements um, that promote um, energy efficiency. Um, I mean, even for me, um, this being something um, that's I'm passionate about with uh, beyond my eight, 10 hours at work. I was um, a member of the Markham Environmental Advisory Committee way back. Um, it, and it's because, um, you know, I think that I could bring um, my knowledge and my passion and ability to influence others in the community that I live in. It's backdoor to me. So I think everyone would have an opportunity to do that by being proactive and working with their own local communities and looking for those opportunities. Um, you know, communities 
uh, you know, most of those that I actually am familiar with are always looking for volunteers to engage the community in some form of community action for um, energy efficiency. Um, so I think that would be a good start for someone, not necessarily, you know, it can become a career, but it would be a good way to um, give back to the community. Erica, I think of you as a leader who's always asking really thoughtful questions and speaking your truth, uh, and that's inspiring for me. Um, what questions do you think we should be asking our senior leaders and maybe even ourselves when it comes to the question of gender and diversity in our sector? I am very fortunate to be part of a company that truly embraces um, diversity, inclusiveness, and equality. Um, and, you know, I, I, I live by that. I think it's looking at people beyond what you physically see in them. It is, I think it's having that, I don't even know if it's perception, but taking it at the get-go of having a positive attitude towards diversity, inclusion, and equality. Seeing, again, seeing beyond the physical looks, let's say, of a person. It is valuing each of us. There is value in the uniqueness in all of that, in all of us. Um, so for me, again, I've, I've seen that in action at Enbridge. I've seen that in action in a lot of other areas that I, uh, the circles that I move in, um, the Association of Energy Services Professionals, for instance, is, is one of those organizations that I truly see that they embrace diversity, you know, various ethnic cultures, gender. Um, I see that um, as being part of um, the values that they carry, and it makes them a richer um, organization by embracing that. Absolutely. Any upcoming conferences, events, workshops where you're going to be uh, participating in over the next month? Um, I'm looking forward uh, to, of course, with my involvement with uh, the Association of Energy Services Professionals. Um, I am looking forward to our annual conference, which always brings a very unique, diverse perspective in uh, the evolving energy sector, energy efficiency, and um, you know renewables. Um, so that's something to look forward to. It's always a, a great conference for us. Um, it's going to be in Anaheim uh, this year, and it's in sometime in February. Um, I do have um, ongoing involvement with um, several of the municipalities in Ontario as a member of their stakeholder advisory committee. So for me, that's, that's always exciting to bring in the perspective of um, a utility and just plainly an energy efficiency professional. Anything else you want to add? Closing up, uh, last question, but anything else you want to add? Um, well, I guess for us, um, this is a great time. You know, in, I have seen um, the topic of energy efficiency from its, I, I would say, very early years to the time that we have right now that it is peaking. I wouldn't say it has peaked, but it is peaking. The level of awareness is there. I think this is the time for people now to put 
pedal to the metal. Um, you had asked about how everyone can, you know, be part of this energy efficiency action. There are easy ways for us to participate in it. There are programs that allow us to participate in it, um, whether it's participating in an energy efficiency program offered by the utility or whether it's um, an, an energy efficiency action call to action by the community. I just call to, on everyone to, to take part in it. Um, I, I think it's, it's good for us um, right now as citizens of the world, and it will be definitely, we will be doing our future generations a big favor doing it. Thank you so much, Erica. As always, great to talk to you and really appreciate your insights and perspective. Thanks, Megan. What an opportunity to be part of this. Great. All the best. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Plugged In Podcast. I'm having so much fun bringing this to you, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Let me know what you think. Share it, rate it, leave a review. Reach out. I am on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. All the info can be found at pluggedinpodcast.ca. I am super thankful for all the love and support behind the scenes. Some special call outs to Ercilia Serafini and Summer Hill for supporting me with the time to explore and work on this personal project. So appreciated. And finally, to my guests, thank you for being the inspiration. Join me next time on the Plugged In Podcast. <laughs>